This is the time that we all been waiting on The moment all the naysayers been hating on See they been talking down on us and flexing It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up But not the boys on Kirby so you can pack it up Reliant Stadium is where you can find us With the whole city of Houston, Texas standing behind all right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Yungari Gold, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan, and John Wowzers. Yeah, I'm a, a little bit shocked. Sure. A little bit shocked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um, I mean, literally, I hadn't... I, I was in the, like the biggest meeting of my life on like a $40 million deal. And I had like a five minute break where I wasn't talking. So I like checked on Twitter and, or Reddit and then saw it. And I was like, no way. And I come and find out we fired Brian Gain. Yeah. You text me and you send me something like WTF. There's like yeah. no punctuation or anything. I'm just like, I didn't do it. I don't know what you're mad about, but I didn't do it. Um, and then you're like, we fired Gain. I'm like, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. So where, where'd you go right after that? Where'd you go to validate? Twitter? Uh, Twitter. Yeah. Twitter Twitter lit up. And then and then I saw that you were hopping on to, uh, to Instagram Live. So that was kind of fun, actually, to do. Uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of fun. Yeah. Maybe I we'll do that, that during, during games or something this year. Yeah, that's cool. Maybe we'll do it at halftime. Um. Yeah, I saw Robin join. I was like, oh, she's going to tell John, and then John was going to hop right on. I was like, yes. Um, yeah. So, all right, John. So, Brian Gain got fired yesterday at 3 o'clock, and all the speculation is starting on why, um, who's next, what does this mean for Bill O'Brien, where do we tackle first? I guess we just try and figure out the why. Okay. The just kind of talk about it. Kind of. There's been some craziness out there, and I just think that with him, he may be a great evaluator of talent. I mean, he had a pretty good draft. Um, his first draft, the second draft, we're not sure yet. However, I think it comes down to free agency, and it's the same reason they originally let him walk to Buffalo. Um, okay, so that's what you're tying your horse to is free agency. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because I think that that's where the drama with Rick Smith and Bill O'Brien came. Because when you look at his conferences, and remember, I've floated this I've floated this for years. When talking about Dwayne Brown and A.J. Boyer, Brian, Bill O'Brien was always like, those are our guys. We're going to do what we can to keep them. And we didn't keep them. So that was always my theory on what was the, the ultimate breakdown between them. And we're kind of going the similar route with Clowney, where O'Brien's like, we're building around Clowney. And the issue hasn't been resolved. So, and he said the same thing about Tyron Matthew, keeping Tyron Matthew around. He wanted to, which ultimately um, we tend to all kind of agree that let in Matthew walk, especially for what he got paid. But I think that that's the ultimate source of the friction. Like O'Brien wants to keep his guys. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that that plays a part. Um, I think the biggest piece is and and just so everybody is clear, it's going to be pure speculational podcast. I mean, there's just, there's nothing to go off of um, except for what we know. And what we know is that we weren't aggressive. 
Um, people are pointing to Titus Howard. I actually don't think that that played a part at all. Um, I think there's two things. I think one free agency and Clowney are one piece. Uh, you know, you have money, you don't spend it. Uh, you're seeing the good teams that have good quarterbacks on rookie deals, take advantage of that window. Uh, we are not. Uh, so I think that's one. I think the other piece is real, or really maybe it's like two more pieces. Um, two, Cal McNair didn't hire Brian Gain. Uh, three, Cal McNair wants to let everybody understand that and let the city of Houston know that average isn't going to work anymore and we're going to win and whatever we have to do to win, we're going to do. And I think that that's kind of where we're at with it. I think that Cal is different. I mean, we, we knew that from the, from the press conference when Cal talked about taking over, um, and we also know that he wants to win for his dad. Um, and he's just younger, so he has a different mindset. And this team has the talent to win. And what he wants to do is continue to build talent, add talent, and be a force to reckon with. Now, I don't know about like where we're going to go from here. But I don't – I really – John, do you think that Titus Howard truly played a part in why we – let Brian Keynes go. I don't, I don't think so, especially what we're hearing about Titus and camp. No, I don't, I don't think it was the, I don't think it was the draft. I don't either. I, I think it all comes back around to handling pro play, uh, pro players, um, free agents, both on our team and outside the team. Not calling We've, Kareem, I think played a part. I think it did too. Um, I think, I think that, it's a blemish, right? Like if you look at it, like it's a blemish on the, way that the Texans do business. Well, that sends the wrong message to other people, right? To other, other, other athletes. Well, I actually think that getting outbid for Saffold was a, actually a bigger one. Every, I mean, every single key free agency that or free agent that we've been involved with, we've been outbid on. And I think that that's, that's probably a big part of it. He's just not been able to land the guys. He hasn't been able to close the guys. I think that it's been well publicized that Gain was actually about the fourth choice. Now, both Kyle and, or I'm sorry, both Cal and Bill O'Brien signed off on him. However, he was the fourth choice, which ultimately means he was just the guy that they all just could kind of agree on. And now that, now that, Robert McNair is out of the, uh, out of the picture. It's, it's, um, or Bob McNair is out of the picture. It's now, maybe there was a guy that both Bill O'Brien and Cal McNair felt more passionate about. And the rumor is that Easterby was at the Patriots ring ceremony and he was sitting there talking and he was involved. And this happens the very next day. And apparently Easterby is, has earned a lot of saying within the Texans organization. You know that Bill O'Brien really wants to model everything we do off the Patriots. So I think that that, that all just kind of paid a paid a part paid a part played a played a part in it. If if Brian Gain had had a more solid free agency, and this is even going back to when he was the pro player. Um, he was the vice president of pro players with the Texans originally just signing those free agents there. There's an emerging trend here and 
they just they wanted that to stop. They want to build the team through the draft, but they still want to be able to supplement the team and the, through free agency. And we still have a whole lot of resources that just haven't been used. And ultimately, I also think a big part of it comes back to Clowney. That they haven't been able to resolve that, and Cal McNair wants that resolved. Yep, I agree. I think Clowney plays a much bigger part here than what people realize. Uh, you don't draft talent to not sign talent. And Clowney's only 26. There's no reason to let him go, considering the fact that we have the cap space to, to sign him to whatever deal, literally whatever deal uh, that they come to is going to be okay. Um, all right, let's get to the who will be potentially replacing, because my theory is that this is going to happen rather quickly. Uh, you typically aren't going to make this move unless you have an idea. So, And I, I think in league circles – People knew that Joe Douglas was going to take the Jets, um, the Jets GM position. And if Joe Douglas was their guy, they wouldn't ha- they would have fired Gain a little bit earlier. Uh, they, there was reports about Joe Douglas meeting with the Jets two weeks ago. So they had an idea that th- that there was a chance that they wouldn't get him. So I, I don't think that they're zero. They were zeroed in on Joe Douglas. I think it's going to be the same candidates that they zeroed in on last time. It's going to be. Uh, what's his name from Nick Casero from um, the Patriots, uh, the pro director of uh, college scouting at the Patriots, Mountain House or whatever. And then I think it's going to be Will McClay from the Cowboys. Those are the three that I'm expecting them to talk to. And I think conversations have already had and we just don't know it. I mean, we'll never know because we keep things pretty close to the vest inside NRG. So until it breaks, there's really not going to be there. All it's going to be is speculation. So don't forget about uh, Monty Austin Fort. Maybe yes. The uh, other guy from the New Englands, the uh, pro or the uh, director of college scouting with them. Yeah, that's what I said. It was Nick, and then the second guy. I said oh. I just didn't know his name. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, said, I said I said Nick, and then the second guy, and then Will McClay from the Cowboys. So two from the Patriots, one from the Cowboys. Um, I don't think that there will be an internal promotion. Um, I don't think Bill O'Brien's going to be GM and head coach. Uh, I think that they are going to find somebody from the Patriots, probably. And I think they're in a position to be able to get their guy, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I agree. It's going to be somebody else from the Patriots. Do you have like a dream scenario? I mean, I wouldn't mind Nick from the Patriots. He's basically been the like... Okay, so when everybody talks about, oh my God, we're hiring somebody else from the Patriots, we're hiring somebody else from the Patriots, or other teams are hiring somebody else from the Patriots, keep in mind what those positions are that they're hiring from, right? They're hiring offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators. Um, the The upper management is rarely ever touched, and the second most tenured in the Patriots building is Nick. And he is Bill Belichick's right-hand man. So don't get up in arms and start to complain saying, you know, I can't believe that we're going to go Patriots this way, Patriots that way. This guy's different. This isn't, this isn't hiring of Josh McDaniels. This isn't hiring a Matt Patricia. These are two totally different guys. Both of them are senior and, and have been there for, I think Nick's been there for 17 years or something crazy. Um, so, I would prefer Nick. I think he's ideal. I think the alignment with Bill O'Brien is going to be clutch. I think he's going, he knows what Bill O'Brien wants to do. And I think he'll be able to get the players that Bill O'Brien wants to get. So 
I would be totally on board with Nick. I don't know. I sit here and I kind of think about it more and more. Like the Patriots, of course, they're one of the greatest football dynasties of all time. However, it's not always the personnel. It's the coaching able to get the most out of the personnel. So I'm a little nervous about going to the same well, essentially, with Nick Casario or Monty Austinfort, just because, again, the players that they bring in aren't always necessarily the best. Like, but John, they're, draft- they're not the best for they're not the best athlete or the best at their position, but they're the best for the team. Right. And the reason that they're best for the team is Belichick's always able to get the best out of players. He's able to he's able to find what they do well and put them in position to do that well. The Patriots have a draft philosophy where they don't they know that they're going to miss on 50% of their picks, so they just draft a whole bunch. So they draft they try and hoard as many picks as possible and then just draft redundancies at positions. So, I don't know, I'm a little I I think you're right. I think everybody's right. I'm sure it's probably going to be one of the guys from the Patriots. I'm just a little bit nervous about that because, again, we're not bringing Belichick over. Now, if we're bringing Belichick over, then that's a completely different story. Well, if, we're, if we're bringing Belichick over, you can kiss Jay Davy and Clowney goodbye. Well, possibly. I mean, they don't sign their guys like that. That's They've never done that. They, they I mean, they're not... They know when to not resign them. Well, look at Jamie Collins. Look at, I mean, even recently, Trey Flowers. I mean, they do it all the time. They don't sign their guys, John. Well, they they, just they, have, they high value their their middle linebackers typically, so high tower. But outside of that, like they and their corners. But outside of that, well, they've made Stephon Gilmore the richest corner in the NFL. They've kept. They re-signed Gronk and made him one of the highest-paid tight ends before the last time that he came up for a contract. Now he's retired. He's the best they tight just, end of all time. That's a little different. They just re <laughs> they just resigned Edelman to a yep. contract extension. They, they have nobody so they at do, wide receiver. Some, there is some players that they do go out and pay. Right but now, I could the time we they couldn't, don't. We couldn't say. I mean, it's even kind of silly to even talk about it. We couldn't say definitively whether or not they would resign Clowney or not. But Clowney's. One of those guys that Belichick would love to have on the Patriots. So I think they actually, I think Belichick would keep Clowney around. Well, we don't know because we're not getting Belichick, but yeah, uh, we're not. So uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, All right. So ideally, if it's not one of the Patriots guys, then who do you want? I really like that guy over at the Colts for two reasons. His name is Ed Dodds. Um, He's, in charge of player personnel for the Colts. He's essentially the right-hand man to Brian, Ro- to Brian Robinson over there. Wait, to Chris Ballard. Sorry, I always get the Titans guy and the the Colts guy flip-flopped because, you know, they're all just from the Patriots anyways, too. But Dodds was actually came over from Seattle. And I like the idea of weakening the Colts. And, of course, you know, hopefully making us a little bit better. And Seattle's been really good at identifying players. Even when they reloaded, they still find they still find talent. So what about Dobbs that what has he done that makes you think that he should interview for this position? 
Um, just look at the Colts roster. A uh, year and a half ago, we said that they had the least talented 53 in the NFL other than Andrew Luck. And turned out we were wrong. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know enough about him to speak on him. I, I know that everything started to align when Chris Ballard got there, so I don't well, know. Well, he, he came with Ballard. He's right. He's been Ballard's right hand. So we just don't know exactly who's pulling the strings, I guess, is... My. Well, he came over from Seattle where Ballard came over from New England. Mm-hmm. So. What is, what are you saying? I'm just saying that he's got, he's had a history over in Seattle. Oh, prior okay. to come to the Colts. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think it's when it comes to the second guys outside of like Nick, you don't really know. We don't really know like who's doing what. And I think it's the same with Joe Douglas. I mean, Howie Roseman's a genius. We don't know how much Joe Douglas played a part in. We'll find out now. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I, just, I don't. I don't want to go to the Patriots. Well, yeah, I know nobody does, and which is what we're going to do. And I hope I'm wrong. I'm just. It's one of those things where everybody keeps trying to steal from the Patriots, but the key central figure in the Patriots is Belichick. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's a perfect candidate, but I do know that he's going to align with Bill O'Brien, and I think that that's going to be a piece of it. Um, for everybody that says O'Brien Gain was Bill O'Brien's guy, I don't necessarily think that he was Bill O'Brien's guy. I think he was Bill O'Brien's fourth guy, to be honest with you. Yeah, he was just a guy. He he wasn't his hand-picked guy, which is the quote that keeps coming up over and over and over. He was the guy that they agreed on, not necessarily hand-picked. Right. I think that if... Either one of the guys at the Patriots or um, Elliot Wolf, if the Texan had been given an, an opportunity last year to even interview them, if they hadn't been blocked, I think that if they were truly O'Brien's handpicked guy, they would have thrown a ton of money at him. Because Brian Gain, comparatively, was one of the lower paid GMs. Yep. He was the guy that said yes. Is Ozzy Newsom, is that possible considering he's not the he's GM? He's retiring. Anymore? Well, no, he's he he has a he has a position with the Ravens now. Um, he already retired. He stepped down as GM, and now he's got like another title. I'm just wondering. I'm just trying to throw out throw out names that aren't being talked about. Scott Pioli. I think Pioli's a, a realistic candidate, um, but I think that he does better as a as a number two. I agree. So if we got Casario or Austin Ford and they brought in Pioli to be a special advisor, I'd be okay with that. Um, Pioli, every roster that he touches gets loaded. Um, He did it with the Chiefs. He did it with the Falcons. And of course, he was originally with the Patriots. But it was even arguable that who became the Ravens, that that roster was heavily shaped by Pioli. So he has has a very long track record and he has a, a track record of doing it independently of Belichick. Um, let's go ahead and put a, uh, fork in Rick Smith coming back. Everybody. It's not happening. Uh, if Rick Smith comes back, I, I may go get a Cowboys hat and go for them this year. I will just, I'll be beyond Pat. I'll be beyond pissed. That'll be the death of our friendship. Don't do that. (laughs) Um, uh, no, Rick Smith's not coming back. He's just got too much to focus on really is what it comes down to. Um, you know, he lost his wife not but seven months ago. He's got three kids. 
it's just not feasible for him to do it. And I just don't think that it's an option to be honest with you. And now if we fired Bill O'Brien as well on Friday, then I think you could have a conversation about potentially bringing back Rick Smith. But with Bill O'Brien still at the helm, I just don't think that there's a chance in hell that that happens. Did you see who we are currently interviewing? No. Ray Farmer. Who the hell's that? Former Cleveland Browns, Ray Farmer. Oh, uh, awesome. We right love- now. He's interviewing right now. Did that just break? Just broke. Who tweeted it? Uh, Pat Starr. Wow, a black general manager. Okay. Uh, it's ro- probably Rooney Roll Rooney interview. Well, let's hope not. Let's hope that there's a legit um, reason for them to do this, not to just do it because they have to. Um, he was horrible with Cleveland. Horrible, horrible with Cleveland. All right, hold on. I'm reading. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network reported news Saturday, which comes that the Texans fired general manager Brian Gain. Farmer was Cleveland's general manager in 2014 to 2015, and the team went 10 and 22 during his tenure. He was fired on January 3rd. Before joining Cleveland, Farmer was the Kansas City Chiefs director of pro personnel from 2006 to 2012. In an Atlanta Falcons scout from 2002 to 2005, he joined Cleveland as the assistant general manager in 2013. Um, I don't know. I I mean, yeah, that that Cleveland team at that time, I mean, it was it was there was no way to save it in two years. He was the guy that Sashi Brown had to take over. Hmm. I I wouldn't be I wouldn't mind if we actually went with Sashi Brown. Uh, yeah, I would I would be all for I that. Mean, look at what he did in Cleveland. I mean, you you literally can point well, to Sashi. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants to talk about John Dorsey, and that's great, and I get he's a character, but without what Sashi did, John Dorsey is not able to build the team he has. Yeah, he loaded it up so John Dorsey would have the assets to go over whomever he wanted. So I think that if he was given a little bit more time, that he even probably could have turned something on his own. However, he did. I think he did a lot of great work, and that's the reason why Cleveland has as much talent as they do now. Granted, are you, I mean, granted, we are still more, a more talented team oh, than Cleveland. But they got the assets to go from an absolute dumpster fire to being competitive because of Sashi. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, Ray Farmer. Interesting. Well, we'll see. I guess where that goes. Um, it's just a it's a oh, Rooney. Don't you can't say that. Don't put that out there. Well, that's it racist. Is. That I means hate that, to say it. He's not. He's not well, getting hired. Then, <laughs> the Rooney rule is fucked up. If that's the case, <laughs> it is fucked up. Haven't you ever ever have you ever not never stopped to think about oh, it for I a have. second? I the have. Rooney I rule have. just means all they hire, have to do yeah. is interview at least one minority before they hire who their person is. There's a lot of guys out there that have gone in for a job interview. And it's absolute bullshit because they're just getting interviewed just to say that the team did this. Now, supposedly, there's a couple of guys out there that got jobs because of the Rooney Rule because they went in and blew blew away the interview. But for some guys to just get their emotions played with, I do think it's kind yeah, of yeah, that's up. fucked up. Yeah, hopefully that's not the case. Um, all right, well, we'll find out more. So, breaking news during our podcast: Ray Farmer is interviewing currently for the. Houston Texans vacancy at the general manager position. Um, all right. 
What does this mean for Bill O'Brien, John? It may mean that Cal actually has a shorter leash with them. If, but we all kind of knew it even after the uh, Colts game where rumors came out of Houston that this essentially is a make or break year for Bill O'Brien. If the team regresses in any form or fashion, then he's going to be done. And I think Cal's already shown that he is he is not his father. He's not going to be patient. He's not going to value. Bob McNair valued stability over everything else. He believed that greatness comes from stability. Cal obviously does not agree with that. So I'm willing to bet that things are a lot more likely to get shaken up with Cal, especially in regards to Bill O'Brien, than they were. Yeah. Otherwise. I agree. I really don't think there's more, much more to say. I think that uh, no matter who the GM is, this is a make or break year for Bill O'Brien. We've been saying it since the Colts game. Uh, even before reports came out, we kind of said it last year that uh, he's got one more year. And there's no reason for this team to regress based on the talent that is on this team, even given you know the lack of free agency uh, moves that were made. Uh, there's still players out there, by the way. If, they're, if they wanted to make moves, they could. Um, but you're right. I mean, Cal McNair is not going to be patient. And there's no reason for him to be. And the city of Houston uh, should be extremely happy with the way Cal McNair is doing business. Because he's sending a message basically saying that we're going to do what we have to do. And I'm not going to be okay with mediocrity. And if we are, we're going to start over. And I have no problem starting over because I have the most important position in the league secured. And he's right. Yeah. This is the time to be aggressive. And... We just flat out with Brian Gain, we are not aggressive at all. But during the kind of like the lifespan of a of, of a team, when you have a quarterback that you know is a franchise quarterback and you have him under a rookie deal, heck, we don't even have him under a top 10 because uh, they get paid less seeing as he was a... Uh, outside of the top he wasn't 10. Even, yeah, because he was outside of the top 10. He gets paid less. So right now we have all the cap space in the world and we just didn't use any of it. Yeah. I mean, we, we were all pissed. We try, we were pissed and I mean, we've got the video recordings to prove it. However, as always, we're, we're fans of the team. We want the team to do well. So we do always try to look on the positive, like admittedly, but there is recorded evidence of us being pissed at them. Like what the hell are they doing? And saying, well, this is our team. We've got to kind of, Kind of bear with it, and hopefully it turns out well. We're going to try and look at the positives of the way that they did it, or the way that Brian Gain went about it. But honestly, you can, when you sit back and you look at it, it makes sense why he got fired. It does. It's a shock because the Texans have never done anything like this before, but it does make yep. sense. At one point, and we talked about it yesterday on IG Live. One of the best things about this happening now is the fact that. The new GM is going to have a full season of scouting with his people in the building to do this. So a lot of people are questioning the time, you know, after free agency, after draft. Well, they gave him a window to be able to perform and he didn't. And now the players are in place. Brian Bill or Brian Gain isn't going to be able to play much more of a part in what goes on on the field. Um, so now they bring in a guy and they get him in place and they get their scouts in place and they get ev- the whole staff in place 
prior to the college football season beginning to be able to delegate the scouting uh, efforts done by the team to be able to start to build for what they want to do next year in the draft. So it's it's one of the positives of of this entire situation. And and then the other positive is just right. the fact that it's it's an aggressive move and that's what this team needs to be. And that's this is I mean it's a it's a crazy aggressive move on behalf of Cal. Like it is an ideal situation for a new GM to walk into because they do have the entire year to put their staff together. They're not going to be stuck using last year's staff and last year's notes for the draft. So they get to come in, hit the ground running. Um, he gets the new GM gets a year to evaluate Bill O'Brien, whether or not he wants him to be his coach. So he does actually come in with that. The risk behind it is if this draft class ends up being amazing, if all the picks that Brian gain made hit, well, then it makes Cal, it portrays Cal in a bad light. Because going forward, ideal candidates may be afraid to come work for Cal because they know that they have such a short leash that why would you want to work in that situation? Yep. I also think that there's a lot of speculation right now that like, oh, what GM would want this job with Bill O'Brien winning two uh, power uh, whatever struggles? Um, I don't think that's the case at all. I don't think Bill O'Brien won a power struggle. I don't think Bill O'Brien played a part in any of this, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm sure he had somewhat of an influence, but outside of that, this was all Cal McNair. Um, And I'm pretty sure as they hire a new GM, they're going to, Cal's going to tell him, hey, look, this coach could be out too. And I just want to let you know that ahead of time. So those conversations are going to happen. I don't really look at it as like, no GM's going to want this job. You know what GM's going to want this job? A smart one. Because the team is in place, there's only certain, there's only a couple positions that need to be upgraded. Outside of that, and there's everything else is in place. Yeah, and you have the resources to do it. That's why Brian Gain got fired. He had the resources to go out there and fix the offensive line and fix the secondary. And obviously, they don't feel though enough was done to do yeah. so. He didn't maximize the resources he has, and a lot of that's going to go to waste now. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, we're 30 minutes in. We still got a podcast this week. Any other thoughts on this before we get back to our Saturday activities? Okay. All right, guys. Uh, special edition of Texans Unfiltered recapping the departure of Brian Gain. Uh, you know this, Bill. You guys can find us anywhere, any podcast platform. Just search Texans Unfiltered. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and uh, Twitter at HoustonFBPod. Uh, you can also uh, come join our Discord. Go to patreon.com and support us at patreon.com backslash Texans Unfiltered. Uh, and with that being said, we will catch you guys on Wednesday at our normal time. I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. This is Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We'll catch you guys next week.